Do you talk about it with your friends? Do you dare talk about it with your grandparents? The Sealed Section, talking everything sex for everyone. G'day Shaggers and welcome back to another episode of The Sealed Section. In today's episode, Leah Knight features and Leah has come on to talk about the sex industry and her work that she has done within it. We talk about stripping, porn, to full service sex work. We discuss Leah's journey throughout it and how she began to where she is now. Leah and I had such a good conversation that it ended up being nearly two hours. So I had to split this episode up into two different parts. You will get your first part today and then the next part will air next Thursday. Now, I do just want to apologize at some points throughout this. You might hear myself or Leah trying to speak and Zoom cut us out. So it basically, you might hear the start of our sentence, but not the end of it. Or you might not hear the start, but the end of it. Or it might just be a little crackle because as we were speaking, for some reason, Zoom decided to not make it clear. So I apologize for that. However, I hope you still enjoyed today's episode, Shaggers. Today we have Leah Knight. Welcome to the show, Leah. Hi, how are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually really excited to be here. Yes, awesome. Are you able to please introduce yourself? I'm Leah Knight. Uh, I'm a full-service sex worker from Melbourne. Uh, I've been working in the industry in one form or another since 2002. And I absolutely love this industry. Um, I love absolutely everything about it, actually. Uh, I love the people that I've met. Um, I absolutely adore my clients. Uh, and I've learned so much. Um, it's, it's given me a lot of personal growth as well, um, being in the industry. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of me. That's awesome. What do you love so much about it? Um, so it gave me... Like I, uh, I got into sex work. Like I was still in high school um, when I started. Uh, I was eighteen. <laughs> I was legal, uh, and I started stripping. I kind of had one or two like real jobs, I guess, um, and they were so damn like soul destroying for me. Like I remember one particular job. Um, like I was on, I think I was on Centrelink. I would have been on Centrelink at the time because I got expelled from high school because they found out I was stripping. Because <laughs> you were stripping? Yeah, so oh. I didn't tell anyone. Oh, my. But um, so the only reason they would have found out is, like, maybe if a teacher was there. Was there. I did not know they were, they could even expel you for that. They technically can't, but they can tell you um that you know they'll expel you for being bad influence and if you don't like voluntarily leave and uh me being me back then I had like I hadn't grown any baby like any hobos to speak of so like I yeah I I was like well I don't want that on my record oh no what if you know because I want to go to uni and all this sort of stuff and so, yeah, I left. And, I mean, me now would have been, like, good luck with that. I'm going back to class. <laughs> like, yeah. um, 
but yeah so yeah that happened so messed up Um, it is yeah because like they don't know your situation and it like to do that and take and then take your education away from you just because of what you're doing for work it was my last year in year 12 yeah so it would have been like just before exams too oh my gosh and they knew I'd left home that year too so yeah that was classy act Oh, that makes me so <laughs> That is so – I feel so sorry that happened. That's just horrible. Uh, look, I mean, worse happens to other people. Like, I actually didn't for the longest time consider that as, like, any kind of discrimination because I just I, – I didn't – I'd forgotten about that, like, two years later kind of thing. And, like, looking – when people asked me, like, I had to really think back and that sort of stood – like, really stood out in my mind because – I wouldn't take that now. Are you kidding me? A bad influence? Good luck proving that, prick. I would have just wandered back to class and said good luck with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I would have. I don't know. I just don't know. I haven't. Obviously, wasn't in that situation, but it's something I wouldn't have even thought about. So how was the stripping experience for you when you were doing it then? Um, it was tough. Was it? Holy crap. Yeah, it was really, because I had no experience, like, at all. Yeah. Um, I was, like, I had two friends that worked there and, like, I, I had, like, two outfits. One got stolen on my first night. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and my very first, oh, yeah, my very first stage show, I ended up, like, because you could smoke back then. Yeah. And it was, like, a dingy, horrible, like, Oh, it was such a gross place. <laughs> like it's every seedy thought you could think of packed into <laughs> one really tiny, like as far as places go, this wasn't a big place either. So yeah. low ceilings, all this smoke. I got up there and all this smoke hit my face with the nerves and everything and I was just like, hold up. <laughs> I bolted. Like I barely made it out the back door. I just like everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been such a traumatic first night. Oh, you know, lost your outfit. Oh, it was, you know, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was not easy. But hey, I went back. Like, I mean, that was the start of what was like a 12 hour shift. So you did like six oh to six. And yeah, that's such hard work. You stop really like that whole yeah. time. So, like, hey, I made it to six. And then that was a Thursday night. <laughs> I went to school the next morning. Oh my god! Went back, did six to six, and then just slept like over the oh. weekend. I did that for about six months and was like, "Fuck, this is hard. Let's make porn." So, <laughs> did you move on to porn? porn? Oh, amazing! So, how did you get with? Like, did you just know people within the industry to like get into that? Yeah. Um, no, I I was like looking for soul crushing work again. Yeah. And I came across a ad for Feck. Yep. And that was interesting because it didn't really say what it was. It was just sort of like nude photography, like natural women wanted. And I was a size 16 back then as well. Yep. Actually, I'm probably not far off that now. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, and I had really low, like, um, self-esteem with like with my body like yeah I thought I 
top shit, but like I didn't exactly like the way I looked. Yeah. And so having the ad saying like, you know, natural women like encouraged to apply whatever it was, I was like, okay, I could do this. This might be good for me. And it yeah. it really was. Um I uh I met was it Richard, I think it was the first interview in uh the like the main dude over at Feck. And yeah. he was absolutely lovely. Um the whole process was just really empowering, really. Like the oh, first thing that's awesome. was camera and go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the start of the selfie revolution back then too so you know it was like hell yeah let's do that (laughs) yeah for sure did you enjoy it yeah I had so much fun like I went back like I was hassling them for like can I do more shoots like I want to do more shoots this is great um I didn't have the internet back then myself so I actually couldn't see the finished product oh yeah uh, live and all that sort of stuff so I just had a, a great time um you know making nude you know doing nudes and stuff and like getting paid um and and meeting all these other people who were like this is this is great this is what we do this is you know you're too I was like this is nice I think maybe about three it was better I think maybe three years later before I got the internet and was able to read the comments um of some of my shoots and that half hour probably changed my entire perspective on my self-image. Like, yeah, it just all of a sudden it just like size doesn't matter, man. Like everyone, like you are someone's top ten. Like <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter what shape you are. Like that's that's just how it is. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. So I think probably sex work probably saved my life in that in that respect like I just I would have just crumbled (laughs) at some point no that's really interesting to think about because I think a lot of people wouldn't associate that necessarily with sex work they kind of see it as something like oh they have to do it or they're degrading themselves but it can be a really uplifting thing and like you know to as you said like to look at all the comments and then feel good about you know yourself and feel sexy and yeah um well look I'm I mean, I know a lot of my friends love their job as well. But at the same time, like, these people who are like, oh, sex work has to be empowered. Like, dude, do you feel that empowered answering phones in your little cubicle five days a week? Like, well, seven days a week, you know, for minimum wage or whatever. Like, never seeing your family. Um, like, why does why does sex work have to be, like, how, why does that have to be an empowering job to do it? Like, it doesn't have to be. It's work. Like no, exactly. That's actually a very true point. I did have a question here saying a lot of sex workers get asked the question, does your work empower you? And I was going to say, what do you um, think about this considering like if you had a retail job, it's highly unlikely someone's even going to think about asking that question. They should. Like, holy shit, I've done that. And, like, that was one of the – I used to wake up crying going to that job like I'm not kidding I used to wake up sobbing at like I think I was like maybe 18 and I was so depressed like yeah crying going to work in tears only to be hassled by a shit employer who used to dock my pay because they could because I was on Centrelink and you can't really complain if your employer's fucking you around but you couldn't back then yeah um 
and I used to have client like all these old men used to come in and just waste my freaking time all day it was just oh my god you want to talk about humiliating I'll I'll piss in a man's fucking mouth for 500 bucks over doing that shit for you know and like <laughs> he's getting humiliated here like yeah yeah no so. that's yeah that's very true so from um working at feck where are you still doing that or did you move on from there um well feck's a fantastic company and i'll talk i'll sing their praises until the day I um so I, I think my last shoot was about 10 years ago and they had actually reached out in the last year or so to organise another shoot. But um, I have not really been, like, I, I stopped working in March um, due to the pandemic, obviously, and I just I haven't had, I haven't had the motivation, like, at all. Um, so it's, like, it's kind of up to me to, to get the ball running on a, on another effect shoot. So I will yeah. eventually do that. So um, looking forward to doing that eventually, but yeah, it's just right now, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so how with COVID, because that would obviously have a massive impact throughout like the whole sex industry. How have you been coping with all of that? Have you been able to work at all? Um, well, uh, like I said, my motivation's kind of been at a zero. Um, I could have, I could have jumped on like I've been making content for years um, because obviously I started in like porn, so it was sort of an obvious thing to sort of just keep doing that. Like I'm already face out, um, all that sort of stuff. So um, you know, when OnlyFans and all that came around um, in the beginning, you know, I jumped on all that. So. Uh, and so yeah I'd been making content for a very long time but uh, I kind of just left it at the bare minimum this year um, and uh, yeah oh with plans to sort of pick up a little bit more this year but uh, yeah yeah low motivation really yeah, I'm no, about to yeah I'm I feel like this whole for a lot of people this year especially once they take your work away from you and then you just get like it's, it's so hard well yeah. the other thing as well is like full-time content creating that is freaking hard like yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people that it's really hard and like it's like see um with full service sex work, like you, you have your phone going constantly of idiots mm-hmm. being like, Hey, you bail you up. Like just 20 dudes mass texting, like 50 yeah. girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, it gets really annoying when it's just that, when you've got to keep in contact with your regulars so that when you finally can start doing full service again, you know, you haven't lost, you know, contact with your entire base. But then you've also, all of a sudden, you've got to do selfies. You've got to think of concepts every day. You've got to interact with all of your paying clients if that's something you're offering. Um, Dealing with insane, and I'm talking about, like, really batshit crazy um, custom requests Mm -hmm. where guys want, like, they'll send you, like, two, three pages of what they want, but they are only going to pay for, like, the minimum five-minute video or something or two minutes or something like that. It's like, can you cram all of that in? Like, 
and also I want like all of I want you on all fours with both feet in your in in the thing and I also want your face but I want your ass and your pussy also facing the camera and um can keep your stomach sucked in as well because you're looking a little tight and like you're not looking the tightest like lately you know like they they're ruthless idiots I can imagine <laughs> and you and it's just it's that sort of stuff constantly like it's and yeah. it's daily and you have to respond daily too and then of course you've got to like upload edit and do all that sort of stuff on top of that and you know and that's just if you've got one bloody platform like and everyone's yeah. you know, everyone's doing at least two or three you know at a time so it's just mental trying to keep that up um it's not for me as a full-time thing yeah um but yeah, I mad respect for those who can. <laughs> yeah, can do that. So before COVID hit, what were you were you working full time or? Um, so I uh, I was doing a mixture of um, uh, brothel work and um, touring in like touring as an escort. Yeah. Um, I had plans to go all around Australia last year. Like I dates set up for half the country yeah uh, and I had to come back from Bathurst uh before the uh borders closed so that was yeah that was really frustrating <laughs> um kind of went from having like this really great plan like year plan to how's your bedroom looking for the next eight nine months yeah so I just brought the rainforest in. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. I wish everyone could see what I'm seeing because, like, all the plants and stuff, that's so cool. So a lot of people still use the word prostitute. Are you able to, like, explain why, like, we just shouldn't use that? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a, it's basically got its roots in, like, horse slurrage, really. Like, it's in the past it's never been – used to really empower sex workers at all like let's be real um so it only really use it's only real uses to serve to like perpetuate stigma against sex workers like unless you're a sex worker just don't use it like actually unless you're a full service sex worker don't use it (laughs) are you actually Um, explaining to listeners what a full service sex worker is Okay, so, well, sex work as a whole, like, if you provide or are in the business of selling any kind of material that is used for erotic pleasure or, you know, sexual gain, anything like that, um, then it it falls under sex work. So stripping, um, any yeah, anything from stripping to cam work to... um, I would even say like any kind of nude modeling. Yeah. Um, even some of the really arty stuff, let's be real. <laughs> um, to like, you know, straight up put pornography, uh, full service, like being like meeting, like in-person sex work. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all under the same umbrella. Yeah. Um, but yeah, full service sex workers are just, people who see clients in person so yeah different types of sex work yeah that's really interesting that's one thing sex ed does not explain what even they don't even touch on sex work anything within the industry like it's I 
it's such a massive like industry I don't understand how they don't touch on it and then you have like you know having clients message you without understanding the basics like boundaries and things like that because there's just there's no education out there and like it's just yeah there's so much work that needs to be done yeah look I'm a big um advocate I think sex workers should be um sex educators um yeah in a perfect world we should be teaching sex ed in school because they do not touch on like a lot in sex like I had I came from a tiny school so we had like 30 something kids in the entire school yeah so we were fortunate enough to have like someone's parent was like a heart surgeon or whatever so that person came to do sex ed you'd think that you'd get a decent sex ed with that but really it wasn't that great (laughs) like I don't even think they mentioned STDs like other than like pretty much just saying like if you have sex without a condom you're going to catch HIV and AIDS and then you're going to die so just don't have sex (laughs) literally and even I know even my sex ed we only got it taught it the last time was in like when we're in year nine I think by our English teachers which was so awkward because you could tell they didn't even want to do it and (laughs) They literally were just like, this is what STIs are. Don't get them. They taught us how to put a condom on, but, like, that was it. They never taught us, what, like, what if you get an STI? Like, what do you do? So then when I have, because I have had chlamydia a couple times and that developed a pelvic inflammatory disease, I was like, what the fuck do I do? Like, how do I talk about it? Like, it's just this big unknown because no one, no one has, like, taught you that. Well, that's the other thing is, like, everyone calls us dirty whores because they think we're riddled with STIs and stuff. Like, yeah. and, and that perpetuates the stigma all of its own on STIs and people who have them. Like, it's, and it's, it's unnecessary. Like, yeah, you don't, you know, you generally don't shit on someone just because, you know, they've caught cancer or something like that or I mean it's not really that comparable sorry but you know no, I know what you mean other, though, yeah. other illnesses and stuff like that it's yeah. just it just holds so much unnecessary stigma um yeah so yeah. um there is however there is a what's the okay so there's a book called a girl a teen girl's guide to getting off um and I believe that is written by a sex worker and I highly I recommend I anything to go and go and check it out. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. sex ed for teens, I guess. Like it's probably probably do good for the for the young boys to go and check it out as well. Like Yeah, no, definitely. People like my age that just have no idea how a woman's bodies work and like yeah. that's dropping the ball, dudes. Like but yeah, but it's literally it's such an issue. So many people don't understand how their body works. They don't don't know how to label things properly. They think that the vagina is absolutely everything when it's not. Like yeah. there's so much that people don't know. And it's really just perpetuated, but like it's just shame, like unnecessary shame. One of the things that, you know, I think most sex workers sort of try and fight against, like, is just, you know, lessen that stigma a little bit in yeah. yeah any way we can 
yeah, which I think is really important. And hopefully one day there's a world where there's no stigma, but I feel like that's so far-fetched. Like, it's just, <laughs> it'll be so hard to get to. But I think we're definitely moving at least in the right direction. Yeah, well, we've gone, like, popularised. At a certain point I realised it's cool to be a sex worker. I'm like, where did that fucking come from? <laughs> <laughs> Which I can imagine coming from, like, being wow. expelled from school to now it's cool. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend once who um, who has nothing to do with sex work and they were like, do you think I'm boring? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You have a life and that also is valid. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So how does your work compare to like when you're working in a brothel to like being on tour? Um, Well, look, both have their options. First off, I've got to say that I definitely have like – my experiences in a brothel is definitely not everyone else's. I've been really blessed. I've spent a lot of my working time in brothels and have yeah. had amazing experiences. Bar maybe one, but till the day I'll die, I'll just, you know, it's a shit place. Don't ever work there. Um, but my experiences have been like overwhelmingly positive and that is definitely not the norm. So everyone I know other than me, yeah. <laughs> has at least, well I, well, I have one story. So, yeah, I'm among that. So everyone has at least one shit brothel story, like yeah. whether it's shit clients or shit management or shit owners. Um, yeah. um, and that's usually owners or management not backing up the sex worker, yeah. uh, which, like, fuck you guys. We give you, like, 40% of our, like, you know, like we pay that to work there, like, fuck you, you back us up. So, yeah, like I thankfully haven't had that experience, um, but I know a lot of other people have. So, yeah, that's first off. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoy brothel work because you get to work with a lot of other people and then you also, like, you meet people from every walk of life. Um, Like, just, I, I can't even tell you, like, it's, it's like ice cream flavor city. Everyone's so like just so many different backgrounds, so many different viewpoints, like different ways of working, uh, different ways of looking at sex work. Um, I just, I can't even, and I find it kind of like almost exciting to work in that kind of environment. Um, so yeah, I've done that for a lot, like a long time. Um, however, when I tour, I still tour with other people as well. So I'm kind of like you traveling with, um, traveling with friends essentially. Yeah. Uh, I don't see as high a volume of clients as I would in a brothel. So I might only see anywhere from like maybe one on a quiet day (laughs) up to like maybe six, seven clients in a day. Um, if it's really busy, uh, and I'm usually only in town maybe two, three days tops and we yeah. might get to some really nice places you know, three, two, th- three times a week. So it's, it's kind of nice just traveling around with mates, cashing up. 
<laughs> essentially. I mean, it also depends on the clients in that town as how we feel about the place as well. So my first time I went to, first and only, and like they're going to have to pay me to come back real hard. <laughs> like I went back, um, went down to Geelong. It was one of my first, maybe my second tour. And every client made a booking and then didn't freaking show up. Oh, so I'm freaking so out the whole time. And, you know, and at the same time, you're like, I'm making like other people wanting to book, but I've got this booking that I'm expecting to show up. And like back then I wasn't taking deposits and that freaking changed after Geelong. So yeah, thank Geelong for that, boys. Like that's where it all fucking started. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't come at me for my deposit policy. It's yeah. not having it. <laughs> um, funnily enough, since I've had a deposit policy, I will note that I the amount of dead grandmothers, um, sick aunts, dogs being run over, dead kids, like that has dramatically dropped. None of that anymore. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm saving people from COVID because of my deposit policy. <laughs> yeah. If I wasn't, like, I'd be getting those messages every day. <laughs> I can Yeah. So, yeah, just big difference in how you feel about a town, how your clients, you know, how they will want to be clients anyway, how they act. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be really frustrating having people just fuck you around like that i even saw on your instagram the messages people send you like what the fuck like yeah, it's so yeah. wrong fun ones <laughs> yeah. um, the main um the the cap to my geelong um trip was just brilliant so someone had made a booking on the first day and ghosted me and so the next day he tried to make a booking again and I was like, so you're going to have to pay a cancellation fee because, you know, you kind of stuffed me around y- yesterday and, you know, I'm not really having it. Yeah. And <laughs> he went on this rant about how he was a doctor and he was on call and I'm like, well, hey, if you were on call, you should probably not have made an appointment you couldn't keep. Exactly. And, um, he followed up with, I'm going to have you beat. We know where you are. My friends came and saw you and blah, blah. I hadn't done a booking. Yeah. How many friends? you got no friends, mate. Good one. Good tell. Um, but we're going to call the cops and we're going to come beat you up and blah, 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 blah. So we horse stalked him real deep, got all of his information, and I sent him, like, first off, I sent him all of his own information, names, places, where he works, his family's, his mum's phone number, all of that. Everything. I was like, lol, okay, boomer. So, Mr. So-and-so, what do you think if your employer would think of your correspondence with me? Lol, I've noticed you uh, you've, haven't really stayed in the same job for very long. Seems like you have uh, haven't been in a relationship in a long time either. Cheapers, that's sad. See, mate, if you want to threaten someone, you need to actually have the information. Is this your first time? And, oh, my God, the whinging. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please don't contact the police. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. 
You gotta put him in his place. Oh my gosh, he would never have fucked another sex worker. The thing is that they they come at us and they think they can just lie and um you know it's just sometimes it's really nice to just be like, hey mate, you're not as clever as you think you are. Just so you know, like this is how I keep myself alive, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's the first time you're hearing Don't this. mess with me. I'll, I'll put your own mum on you. <laughs> and, like, you have to deal with this shit all the time. Like, they're nothing special thinking that, you know, yeah. they're doing this. Like, they're just stupid to think that they're, you know, the only one who's pulling this shit that they are. Yeah. And then it's going to work. Oh, look, you know, they're, they're not as bright as they think they are. They're really not. Um, the one thing like I've sort of stopped saying because I remember as a baby ho, I used to say this all the time. It's like, oh my God, he can't be that fucking dumb. That I don't say anymore. <laughs> they <It's>, definitely can. <laughs> oh my God, they're that fucking dumb. <laughs> I know, it's just, I don't get it. Like I, I just like, how? How are people just... I suppose if you're not them, you can't understand it, but, like... I don't think they understand it sometimes, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I have a a, small plug here, but I have a free Snapchat. The only thing I do on it is rant about these kind of people. (laughs) Like, that's all I do. (laughs) Show the receipts, show them exactly what they went wrong doing and, like, just... It's free therapy. <laughs> I'm saving hundreds of dollars doing this. Yeah, I can um, imagine. And so I hope serving like an example, like we ask one thing, right, of potential clients. Read the advertisement. That's it. That's that's it. People are like, do you have any really good advice for people who want to see a sex worker? Read the ad. Then everyone after that, you veil? Yeah. You're not here it is. It's just that's the simplest like it just boils down to that simple stuff and they just can't do it. Yeah, I think that's a massive thing. Cause they would just see sex work and go, Yep, that's what I want. Let's not actually read what it's about and what we what's being like, you know, what's on offer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to really set the rules with each new client you have then? Yeah. yeah. Um at first, um, one thing people get really hooked on is like trying to talk a bad client into booking and it, you just can't do that. Like yeah. it's not, he's not going to book, he's not going to book. He wants to just talk to you and a lot of them, that's all they want. So you just can't engage. And if you do, be like, be sharp. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've started, I like, I, I troll them. Like, I mean... It is. It's therapy. So I just troll them back. And I can generally tell within the first two messages whether or not this is going to be like an actual client or someone who's just going to waste my time. And most of the time it is actually just someone who's going to waste my time. So, yeah. Like, um, yeah, it'd be really frustrating. That would take up so much of your energy and, like, you wouldn't want to waste all of that and, like, I can see why you'd need something like a Snapchat just to vent because it would just take up yeah. so much of your energy. You ha- yeah, a lot of us have sort of found like trolling clients back as, well, tr- they're not even clients. <laughs> no one's seeing these guys. <laughs> but uh, 
like trolling them back as a way of just having a way to laugh at just the stupidity of it because that helps it really does um yeah like for example as of someone I know who's not going to book I got this message yesterday yeah balloon sex balloon sex just out of the blue no hi my name is so and so like nah just out of the blue with like two question marks just because he needs to you know really know um I was like probably but (laughs) that's not how you make a booking request (laughs) hint hint because those instructions are on my ad like I didn't say that I'm just you know haha let's make one go on give it a go I'll consider it at this point I'm like I'm not considering shit dude like I'm messing with you at this point I'd like to make a booking please ma'am okay sweetie did you read my ad to be honest no then I guess you've got your answer you just lost your first life oh damn it's like mate like read the ad like that could have gone so differently yeah definitely (laughs) that's not something he's actually gonna book because he didn't even bother reading the ad people who want to book will read the ad yeah definitely how often then do you get people actually being serious if you've got so many people who are just fucking you around um well I mean it depends on everyone's like each and everyone's marketing like I'm my all my stuff's like really well behind and I'm not really working at the moment so um, my real inquiries, few and far between at the moment. Um, I imagine if I updated all my ads and like made them all current, then yes, I would have more inquiries. But yeah, so I mean, it all depends on how much you're advertising, where you're advertising, how good your advertising is. Like, I mean, it's like any business really. Um, yeah. The more effort you put in, the more you get out of it. So yeah, yeah, but. Uh, you always get the idiots, like... In, like, a brothel setting, do you still have people, like, fucking you around in there or is it more serious customers? Yeah, um, so you'll get people who will literally, like, we call them brothel hoppers. Yeah. Um, and, like, not all brothel hoppers are bad, just saying. <laughs> That's how they find me from place to place usually. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so because back in the day you never actually had like we didn't have twitter or anything like that so you didn't keep in contact with any of your clients so yeah. they you move parlors like they don't know that you unless they're you know they frequent other places um so a lot of those brothel hoppers are really quite obvious uh, some of them are like obvious time wasters because we see them all the time. So when they walk in, we have that option of just not going out there. Yeah. So at a certain point, you go to a parlor enough, no one will come out to meet you. They'll just stop letting you in. Yeah. Like unless you want to pay first, kind of thing. Provided anyone wants to see you. <laughs> like, yeah. In which case, you you get maybe one choice. One girl's like, I really need the money. I'll fucking blow him. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like at a certain point, they just they stop getting let in. But um, that doesn't stop like the ones that the receptionists and the workers aren't familiar with from coming in and just being dickheads, you know. Um, I know groups of young guys 
can be a real pain in the ass because mm-hmm. they're like they like their big dick energy wants to friggin like turkey slap around the room kind of thing so they're yeah. all like oh would you see all of us would you do this <laughs> would you you know let us do this you know just stupid shit that they're never first off they cannot afford like first off that yeah and second off like I'm pretty sure like anytime you get these guys in the room like they're like two seconds done and then they just you know will will you tell your friend will you tell my friends that I was like real like real manly you know basically (laughs) (laughs) I can legit genuine sweetheart amongst all of them um and I know this because I'll see these guys usually. Like I have a specific deal for these particular wankers that walk yeah. through the door. I'll see them all for f- either the 15 minutes or the 20 minutes, whatever's the shortest booking of the parlour. I'll be like, I will do you for that. Um, and I'll if you all book me and pay in advance and like c- consecutively, like one after the other kind of thing, yeah. you all get my deluxe for free. I mean, realistically, a 15-minute booking is 10 minutes, you know, including their shower and shit. Like, what are you fucking doing in 10 minutes, mate? You're going to blow it, fuck out, your friend's coming in. Like, that's that's what's happening. But not only do I get all of them to book me, but I'm going to get them all out in fucking record time, you know, because, like, the next one's waiting and, like, so, you know. They, yeah, literally. And they have that added thing of, oh, we all got the same bird. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, most of the time there's, like, one genuine sweetheart out of, like, all of them. Oh, like, it's real hard to just not break character. I'm like, honey, do you know all of your friends are trash? You deserve better. Like, <laughs> Actually, I, can... I knew this because I've seen them naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like... They're just the the ego in those groups is just something crazy. But like when you give them that kind of, because it's usually like a hundred bucks. Like, dude, it's a hundred bucks. Just do it. It's usually less than between. Is that a? I can't remember offhand how much like 15, 20 minute booking was, I, but I think it was around eighty bucks. Yeah, because I got paid like sixty <laughs> for that. But if you're doing like five guys in like a space of you know half hour or whatever like it's it's worth it yeah it would be <laughs> definitely the cookie get them in and out get your money you handle that kind of volume yeah <laughs> it's a lot of fun but um but otherwise like girls don't like introing that kind of bullshit like it's, mm-hmm. it's it can be really humiliating because these guys are like usually all around you and you're trying to like give them your serious spiel and they're all just fucking with you. Like no one wants to put themselves through that. And if they're not going to book, like you're doing that shit for free in your underwear. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll generally go out there, bark at them, give them a fucking deal they can't turn down and then storm off. <laughs> and if they say something like, mate, you could not fucking handle this, prove me wrong. <laughs> you know? And that's all they need. It's just like, like, Ego fishing is what that is. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, especially guys, like, in a group like that, one of them goes, oh, let's go do this, then they hype each other up. And, yeah. yeah. I imagine it happens a lot at strip clubs. I haven't been in a yeah, strip club for I, a very long time, but I imagine that's 
probably all it is with all the box parties and that kind of yeah honest I I had um an episode last week I did with a stripper from Brisbane and she was like as soon as the young boys come in like you know you, you know they've got basically no money or if they do like the idiots that just spend it all and they've got nothing left for the like their week and yeah I can, and because like they can just go in there and sit there and drink and just be pervs which would be so frustrating yeah yeah it really is yeah um, I'm just glad that they can't sit and drink in Melbourne brothels because yeah. they fucking do that <laughs> some of them try like we have a coffee machine that I don't even think it works. We don't use it. <laughs> oh, no, it does. I'm just, I never use it. <laughs> but you get clients who will, like, come up to the bar and we're like, hey, do you want to make me a coffee? And we're like, hey, do you want to pay for some pussy? Like, <laughs> this shit's... So can they just happen. come in and just sit there? Well, they'll come in and they'll want to intro or whatever. And yeah. Like, sometimes they'll just be like, oh, is there anyone else working? And like, yeah, so-and-so is going to be up in the room for the next 45 minutes. Oh, well, I'll wait. Yeah. Fuck off. And then they'll like, you know, they'll ask you if you want to play a game of porn. We're like, I don't play like that's for clients. Like that's what I'll do. I'll like I'll play with a client or I'll play with the girls because usually they're better players. <laughs> but no, like they'll come in and they'll just want to be like, Well, I'm friendly, I'm here all the time. Like, just because I booked you once that half hour, like months ago, like we're I'm a house wreck, so I'm special. No, you're not special. Yeah, no. Um, do you have many female customers coming at all? Or is it mainly like a male um, clientele? Alrighty, shaggers, I'm going to stop it right there. We're about halfway now. Hopefully that question left you wanting to know more because we start to delve into brothels even more and some of Leah's stranger experiences at work. We also talk about Leah's dating life and how that has been impacted from sex work. I hope you all enjoyed part one of Leah Knight's feature on the sealed section. Now, as always, please reach out to me with any of your comments, questions or stories, either through my Instagram at the sealed section or through my email, emilyduncan at thesealedsection.com. Please subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast to make sure you keep up to date and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I will see you for part two next week. (laughs)